Rise and shine, sir. I have brought you your Earl Grey tea and today's financial document. Good morning, Nigel. How are you doing today? Very good, sir. Very good. And besides this, I have some paperwork for you to fill out and I brought you your favorite Earl Grey tea and your favorite breakfast Danish. But I must remind you, sir, that this episode contains adult language, mature situations, demonic butlers, Earl Grey tea, Faustian contracts, incompetent gardeners, clumsy maids, and a 12-year-old Earl. Very, very good. Ah, yes, sir. I hope you enjoy it. Well, remember, listener discretion is advised. Episode 126. What can't butlers do? Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spirekin Manga Review. This is your Hosan saying Konnichiwa, hello, hola, como estas, konbanwa, and hey, how you doing? Yes, we're back for another episode that's fun-filled and awesome and amazing. And, well, hey, I'm back. I'm in a good mood, and, you know, it's a big week this week, because at the end of this week, me and the gang are going to the Sakura Matsuri in the Book of Botanical Gardens. Hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I know that this is another one of those loud episodes. Again, I'm recording at work on my iPod, but hey, it's going to do, because we're getting a lot of night shifts, so sorry if you have some weird background noise. Don't worry about it, but either way, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spark inside that provides information reviews about correctly enhanced narratives, i.e. manga, books, movies and other things of that nature what we do is every episode we'll talk about one or two mangas depending on the situation and tell you how the art is how the characters are how the plot is in general and if it's worth buying or reading in general you don't have to agree with anything we say but i've heard we're slightly entertaining and we're kind of knowledgeable in and of itself and as you can guess i'm Ron. i am your hosan by the way if i didn't say before remember you can check out any earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com you can email us at Spirekin at gmail.com or me personally at Zan at Spirekin.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 206-350-8462. That again is 206-350-8462. And also we are under Twitter under Spirekin and on Facebook under Spirekin Mongrel View Group. But now that's out of the way. Now what is new with us? Well, besides the Brooklyn Matango Garden thing, not a whole lot. Belchan, she's doing her own thing this week. Cal, he's, well... Cal's being Cal. He's still in Japan. Hopefully he'll be back to tell us about his one trip. I have actually one message from him that he sent me in a voice 
file, but the problem is I can't convert it into MP3. It's kind of a bitch. That's why I haven't released any of his updates. Hopefully, when he gets back, we'll be able to actually talk with him and see him. Now, unfortunately, he's not going to be at the Sakura Master. He's going to be flying in that day, so he'll probably get in when we're at the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. It's going to be me, Belchan, Deke, Ash, Timbo, Kurato, supposedly, hopefully he does, and an unnamed addition. We'll see what happens. Should be a lot of fun. But, either way, you're not here to listen to us talk about the various things and random ramblings about life in general. You're here to listen to us review manga, me specifically, and I know I'm using the empirical we today. The reason for that is because, well, we're talking about something that's near and dear to a lot of British people's hearts. And what is that? It is the art of being a lord and having a butler and your staff. Now, before we get into the manga itself, let me explain the, the household structure with things. Most people think a butler is your go-to servant. He does everything you want to do. You think of like Alfred from Batman where he literally is the only person in the house. He cleans everything. He's your mechanic. Means he waits on you hand and foot. That's not really the case. According to a couple of sources I've read, a butler is mainly your head of house. Your steward is the one who does all the stuff that, you know, kisses your ass and bathes you and all that stuff. Pretty much the butler delegates all of the responsibilities to all the other people for example you have the cooks the gardeners the maids he pretty much will split all the responsibilities between them and takes care of it he's in charge of many of the male staff members meanwhile the house mistress is like the head maid her job is to take care of the female staffers and of course they are headed by the owner of the house who and his family and they are to follow their orders with tea and so so now I've given you a little background about what a butler is. Let's get into the manga I'm going to review. Now, if you remember from the last episode of the Spike and Manga Review, I spun the one, the only... Well, you'll see that in a little bit. But I spun a certain item, which tells us what we're going to review in the next episode. And take down to me that I'm reviewing, well, a manga that was written by Yana Tobosu, and it's being published by, actually, Square Enix, and over here it's being released by Yen Press. It originally came out September 16, 2006, and it's still coming out to this day. There's 11 volumes, there's also two anime series, a video game, uh, several light novels, and to top it off, there's even a musical. Yes, a fucking musical. Can you believe it? And, what is this action, black comedy, mystery, supernatural series I'm talking about? I'm talking about Kuroshitsuji, or Black Butler. Yes, all you Yaoi fangirls can now scream and giggle. We're covering Black Butler. Now, for those of us who've never read Black Butler and trying to stay the hell away from it, it is, well, it's classified as a shonen, but I see it as a sh- more of like a borderline shonen eye series, because I can see a lot of dojinshi about the two main characters. That'd be really creepy. But, again, I'm getting off topic. So, what is this series about? It's about a household in Victorian-era London. It seems like it might be a little more modern, but we'll assume Victorian era London. It actually opens up with someone being woken up by their butler saying, Good morning, sir. Here's your Earl Grey tea, and here is your favorite lemon cake, and here are your documents of what you're going to do today. You see a, a young man waking up, and he's like, Thank you, Sebastian. And this is the main, well, unofficial main character, Earl Ciel Phantom Hive, head of the Phantom Hive household. He's 12 years old, and you, you first see him wake up, he, his hair is covering his face, 
Then you see him dressed in his Victorian era clothes with an eye patch over his right eye. Kind of confusing, but you're okay with it. And the person he's talking to is Sebastian Michels, his butler, who acts essentially like his nanny, best friend, consigliere, major domo, anything you can think of, he does. I mean, there is other members of the household staff, but he pretty much is CL's best friend and subordinate, pretty much. Because from that point on, it opens up to actually where it shows what he's willing to do. It opens up, there's a huge fight, just for no reason, in, in the patio. You have Sebastian doing martial arts moves to this weird guy who's there. For They really don't get into why he's there, but he's there. Sebastian kicks his ass, and he's just pretty much like, you, know, you can't fuck with me, man. I'm one hell of a butler. And he defends CL's honor. And it turns out the next day, CL tells him, look, Lord, um, whatever his name is, is coming by tonight to deliver a package he said he was going to deliver to me. Now, I need you to... Make sure everything is perfect for when he gets here so that he's not threatened that he'll actually give me the package. There'll be no problems, no flaws. And Sebastian's like, okay, no problem. So what we're going to do is I'm going to make sure that all of his favorite roses are out in the rose garden. And then to top it off, I'm also going to make sure that his favorite dish is going to be made. And then finally, all we're going to use our best china out there ever. And he does all this stuff meticulously. Meanwhile, you have the rest of the household staff who heard about this. And we focus on three members. Now, the first one is Bad Roy. He is the cook. Well, you could say he's a little overzealous because he's like Emeril, where he's essentially like, I'm going to throw this in there and make it awesome. It'll be awesome. It'll taste great. It'll bam. It'll be great. And it turns out horribly wrong. He's not a very good cook. But he's like, look, this guy's going to be here. And I'll wow him with my cooking. So that way, Master Ciel will be very happy and he'll give us raises and it'll be all nice. And agreeing with him are the other two. Now, one is Finian. And Finian is the gardener. He looks like a typical Shoda character, very young. Very short character, has a big straw hat. He looks kind of, well, like a typical gardener. Or if you played uh, Zombie Lane, he looks like one of those zombies. But he's like, well, I know what I'll do. I'll make sure that the garden looks beautiful and great and Master will be so happy and it'll look spectacular. And so he gets ready to go and he goes, starts cleaning up the garden. He's clipping the weeds and he's watering the plants well the problem is he's not using water he's using weed killer so he kills all the plants in the garden ruins everything so food which was meticulously made by sebastian bad roy decides i'm going to spice it up and i'll make it taste better he burns it and destroys it and then finian he takes the garden which sebastian was able to make it look meticulously perfect and destroy it now the final member of the three household members that we were introduced to so far is Menrin. Now, Menrin is a typical fantasy maid. We're talking kind of hot with big boobs, thick spectacles, and to top it off, she's clumsy. Which is, well, I get the best things, and then Sebastian will look at me, because apparently she has a big crush on old Sebastian, and she wants to make him happy. So she goes and tries to take out all the best china, and she destroys it. All of it. All the best china has been smashed and ruined, and they now have exactly three hours before this lord that's bringing the package shows up. So, Sebastian gets back. They're freaking out, trying to cover themselves. He's like, what do you guys do? I set up all this stuff. He's like, well, well, Sebastian, we're really sorry. We were trying to just help it. And, 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 like, he's like, well, fine. Don't worry about it. I can take care of this. 
I'll make Elgin. But none of you can touch anything, and all of you are going to be penalized. So he, he, he takes his job seriously, and he's able to punish them if they make mistakes. He doesn't know what to do, because he's freaking out. He's saying, I, I'll figure out what we can do. He's trying to think, trying to think, and then someone shows up. And this is actually the fourth member of the household staff under Sebastian's control. And this is, well, the former head steward. He, he used to be the big butler for CL's parents before they mysteriously died. And his name is Tanaka. And you constantly see, see him drinking from an old Japanese teacup. And Sebastian looks at the teacup, he's like, I have a brilliant idea. And so, you see, this mysterious lord shows up, and he's talking to CL like, Oh, I hope that the food's going to be wonderful and great today. And Sebastian's like, come inside, lord, let me show you our wondrous rock garden. He walks outside, and Sebastian turned the entire garden into a Japanese rock garden. So all the ruined plants, all that, were completely covered with rocks. It looks elegant and different. And then he's like, okay, so what about the food? And they take this food, which was burnt and ruined, and he literally makes it into this weird dish. He's like, this is a typical Japanese dish, which is really supposed to be burnt to a crisp. The guy loves it. And then since the tea was destroyed, because Mayrin spilt and destroyed all the, the, the teacups and whatnot, it's this very cheap tea. It's like, and this is the typical cheap tea that they drink. And the guy is completely enthralled, and he loves it. Even at one point... It looks like Menray is going to spill the tea on top of the Lord. Sebastian immediately appears super fast, and he's able to make it look completely different where it doesn't even hit him. I mean, Sebastian is fucking awesome. He's pretty badass, and I have to admit, he's, I would want to have a butler like him, definitely. He's pretty cool. That's really where it introduces the characters. The second story is more about showing who CL really is, and CL is... Besides the fact that he is a lord and who has the ear of the queen, pretty much she'll listen to his advice, he's also the head of a multi-billion pound operation which sells their toy company. They sell toys, they sell sweets, and a lot of people love them and like what they do. And he's known notoriously for this cane that he has. He's actually getting the cane repaired, gets it repaired, and we're introduced to another character, and this is Elizabeth. Elizabeth Middleford is his cousin slash fiance. If you know anything about British families, they try to keep the blood as pure as possible by having a family tree which doesn't fork. So, yeah. He's engaged to his cousin, who's a control freak. She wants everything cute and perfect. She actually even picks out his costumes as we're going to have a wonderful ball, and she tries touching him, and he freaks out. Apparently, he is very, uh, he's tactile defensive. He doesn't like people touching him. He doesn't like certain fabrics. So when Elizabeth tries to touch him, he kind of freaks out. And then to top it off, he's not really, doesn't want to really do this, this dance thing that she's saying. Because she says, I want to have a ball. We'll have fun. We'll relax. And, and you can show me you love me and all this stuff. And he's like, I don't want to do this. I got work to do. Oh. But one thing, we're going to go back to the last story. In the package was a video game that he wanted to get. It was actually the mouse video game. thought that was pretty cool, and that's why you think that's in this alternate world, which is kind of fake, but not really. It's kind of hard to explain the, the universe. But anyway, back to the point with Elizabeth that we were making. So, CL is trying to figure out what he's going to do, and eventually Sebastian comes up and find, asks him, what the hell's the deal? Problem, why are you freaking out about this? And CL's like, well, one thing is I can't really dance. I don't know what I'm doing. And then in one of the most gayest scenes ever, you see Sebastian 
touching and caressing him as he teaches him how to dance. And then to top it off, there's a small thing going on with the fact that when Elizabeth sees him come out, he's dressed in the clothes she picked and she's very happy because he's wearing this gaudish ring on his finger. And she freaks out about it, grabs the ring, and throws it on the ground, destroying it. And he gets pissed off, goes off in a hissy fit. And it turns out that that ring that she just destroyed was the last memento he had of his parents who died. So she feels horrible, and Sebastian, being super uber awesome butler, decides to actually, he grabs the ring, he holds it for a second, suddenly the ring is repaired. So it shows that, really, he's one hell of a butler, because there's something special about him. He can do magical mumbly jumbly powers. And so, third part of this manga is a story where, well, opens up, they're at a billiards club. And they're playing billiards, and for some reason, CL, he's playing it like... Very unusually, he actually waits for the perfect shot, and then when he hits the ball, it actually hits all the other ones, and then suddenly all the balls go in, and he wins. Most people wouldn't do this because you'd lose immediately, but he does it, he's awesome, and it turns out that he actually gets kidnapped. More like, another family wanted to take over the position that the Phantom High family had, and so he they want to kidnap him, kill him, and then take over. But as he's... I'm not going to spoil all of it, mind you. It's a whole big sequence. Long story short, Sebastian comes and saves the day, and it turns out that you find out, one, that CL doesn't need the eye patch. turns out that his eye is still there, but it has a weird pentagram in the middle of it. And other thing is that Sebastian, being the badass he is, turns out that he's a little more than just a butler. He's really a hell of a guy. Well, more of a hell of a demon. Long story short, he is a demon who made a Faustian contract with CL. Now, for those who don't know Faustian contracts, it's an old term from back in the day of, uh, well, Faust. who wrote about people make contracts with the devil to get in powers, blah, blah, blah. But in this, the situation is that CL made the contract. We don't know what it is. But now he has a demon for a butler until he dies, and his soul is going to belong to the demon butler. There's probably more to it than that, but honestly, I don't know, and that's where really the manga ends. And so, art is actually, if you like that gothic style, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, like, it is very shoujo-y, even though this is a shonen, it's very shoujo-y, the boys are very beautiful. Even though Mei Rin looks really cute, and she's kind of hot, all the characters are very overly feminine, except for Sebastian. Uh, the villains don't look it, but it just has a, a theme, feminine feel to it. And even though I like Victorian-era stuff, I mean, I'm not a um, neo-Victorian. I mean, I don't have... I, I do like vests. I do like pocket watches. I do own a monocle. Don't ask. But this just, I don't know, gave a weird vibe to it. Now, the concept itself, I actually think is pretty intriguing. I like the... The fact that it's essentially you know the, a servant who's a devil who helps him out. It's kind of reminiscent to... Um, there's a couple of series where you had the demon working for the, the man until he died. I mean, you can go with Gargoyles, the Puck, Puck, David Xanatos thing. but Or you could go even further with... Well, you can go with the... He does that kind of do-anything-for-your-master thing that 
Alfred had for Bruce Wayne. So we'll go with that. Or better yet, Roger Smith's Butler Norman, who's the patch-eyed nut who takes care of everything. This is kind of what... He's an amalgamation of all these different type of butlers. And it's actually pretty cool. I do like that. CL, the main character, so far... Well, he's not the main character, the main character is Sebastian, but CL, the Lord, he's... I don't know, I just don't like the whole... The Shota thing, he's just very... He's a little boy. I mean, like, it's, I, what, what would cause him to make a Faustian contract at his age, 12 years old? What, what was the deal? Was his parents murdered? Did, I mean, part of wants to know more, but it just seems a little bit hasty and a little creepy. Honestly, I feel that series, I don't know. I think that that was just catering to all the uh, those Shota cons who like, you know, instead of lowly cons, the Shota cons are like little boys. It's honestly what I think it was. I mean, they do give you a straight relationship with Elizabeth, but he's so tactile defensive where he doesn't want her to touch him. And eventually, even though at the end of that situation, he ends up wanting to touch her. And it just seems like he's more in love with the butler. I don't like that. It kind of creeps me out. It's kind of giving you a, a fake, real relationship, but then the unrequited love. I find it to be kind of cheap and cheating. Now, I've lost half my female audience with this, but what am I going to say? That's how I feel about this now. Plot wasn't bad, but not great. Characters, well, the main character isn't bad. The comic relief isn't bad, and honestly, the design is pretty good. For Yen Press, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't that bad. Now, after much thought and consideration, for those who don't know, well, first off, we, we have a five-point rating system. Our lowest rating being take it to a freeze, purify it, burn it, and then piss on the ashes. It's that terrible. To our highest rating, which is, well, really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this manga now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zelma Gustav. Wahaha, hello, Palazzo. That means that the book is amazing, it's awesome, it's great. Now, for this Black Butler, I have to give it our middle-of-the-ground rating, which is... Gift from your crazy Aunt Mario. Okay, but forgettable. It's not a bad series. It's not. It is it is a different take on the whole Butler thing. Uh, the whole Faustian contract thing. I, I kind of dig it. I do like the Victorian era thing, even though the art isn't that great and some of the scenery isn't that great. But the one thing which drives me up the wall about the series is the whole Shonen Eye thing, the whole Yaoi thing, and the pacing was a little off in some of the stories. Like, that second story seemed really off. I don't know why, but could just be me. It was alright. It wasn't great. I won't read it again. I won't pick it up again. It's not one of these series that I'm going to want to pursue. That's, the, that's how I really rate, is if I want to pick up and read the next one, or read 30 books later. I mean, that was the problem with Sayonara's a Super Sensei. After the third book, I actually went tried reading past it. It just became a huge fucking mess. The series eventually made no sense. I mean, to volume nine, I tried reading it, and I'll tell you this. It went from really a, an amazing and great series to utter shit. I mean, it made no sense. Most series, you, you have something to draw upon. That series just went downhill and made no sense. This series... Black Butler, it's it has that issue where I don't want to pursue it. It's 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 not like like the boots. So I bet your sense I I tried pursuing it because I was interested in it. This I'm not that interested in pursuing it further. I'm not the demographic for it, nor am I the type of person who's going to want to read it. You may like it. I mean, one of our favorite listeners, 
Ruby. She's a huge Black Butler fan. She's actually cosplayed as one of the characters. Hasn't said who, though. But she enjoys it, and I don't begrudge her for it. I'm just saying, for me, personally, I don't think it's my cup of tea. If you liked what you heard, want to read more, check it out. Email me, sparkin.gmail.com or zan at sparkin.com. Let me know what you think. If you think I'm wrong, if I'm insane for thinking that, or if you agree with it, email me. We can talk about this. I'll read the emails on on air. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any emails right now. Like I said, getting ready for Sakura Matsuri, so kind of speeding everything up. And I haven't gone really into the whole fallout with Tokyo Pop yet. A lot of stuff's been going crazy in the world, including supposedly a back sale, which means there's like a garage sale almost where they're selling all back issues of stuff. I should definitely check it out to pick up some more Sorcerer Hunters. Definitely. But, that's way from episode one. Anyway, so, because remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com or at bitebait.com. We're actually being hosted. Some of our episodes are being released there. I'm trying to get on the 3A network. I think it's Anime Addicts Anonymous. If I get on there, hopefully we'll get more stuff going. We'll see. And, but, either way, trying to get on a bunch of other stuff. Non A3K anymore, because that was a whole mess. Even though I do respect them a lot. Anyway, you can check us out there. Check us out on Facebook under Spark and Mongeru. And all these notes and information can be found on the show notes at our website, www.sparkin.com. Or when you download it. It's all there listed. Very easy and has all our information. Now that's that part you've all been waiting for. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. Now what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What we've done is we've assigned a manga to each of the slots. And what we do is we're a spin. The Wheel of Manga. And we're not my land, and that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin' Manga Review. Episode 127. Holy shit, 127 episodes. Fuck, it's been a while. But, so, let us spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode of the Sparkin' Manga Review. Number 7, and... Ooh, this is something I've never heard of. I don't even know if this is out yet, but... Alright... So, this manga we're reviewing in the next episode is going to be called Cage of Eden. Sounds kind of, well, we'll see how it is. It sounds pretty interesting, nice title, but we'll see. Oh, man. Well, guess it for this episode. I know it's pretty short, only 30 minutes or so, but hey, like I said, without a co-host, without any emails, without any real news going on, it's a pretty quick episode. So, see you guys next time. If you have the Sakura Matsuri, I will catch you guys there. And remember, I am Zam, the Spark of my review. Appreciate you guys listening to us. And as usual, I'm Gonsville. Catch you next time. And remember, Sakura Matsuri's are fun to have fun in. Later.
Go! Oh.